if it's your first time here, you really should go check out our season one because this is season two of State of the Culture brought to you by Izesan Speak Asan. Have you checked out our app yet? That is the African language learning app. Yeah, that whoop whoop was right actually. <laughs> whoop whoop. Yeah. Honestly, I am Angiatin Justina. I am the host. Good to see you again on here. Like I said, this is Africa's thought leader. We are having discussions to talk about our beautiful African Nigerian culture and then where there are issues. We're looking to fix those issues one discussion at a time. Hopefully. Yes, hopefully. Definitely, please. Definitely, because that definitely. Yeah, definitely. True. So, of course, we have, you know, a brand new set, brand new ish set. And then we also have, I also have, I'm really excited about this part. I also have new co-hosts. And to my left, there's Frederick Olise. I know what you see when you look at him. And no, don't think about I know, right? <laughs> I know. Okay. No, that you. wasn't we're intentional. Which is, which is great. This is brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, so yeah. I just used the favorite line from one of his, you know, OG. Is that Nasty. what I can call it? That's your, that's your, that's your OG person, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, he's already confessing. Okay. Yeah. You're letting right. yourself out, already. Right? Mm. Really? Yeah. Without you my help, right? <laughs> and to my right, of course, I have Nafisat Abdurrahman. Simple yeah, very simple and calm and like, you know, a breeze. We like that because someone needs, you know, there's, there's a so bit of... So we can have a... Exactly. And there's this cool opposite. Exactly. There's this opposite. <laughs> You know, you guys are sitting perfectly, like, with your character. Should I say your character or your and, personality? And having you in the middle is doing justice to that. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know what you guys are thinking about. You should. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, I would either prove you really right or wrong. So I vote you. right. Right. Yeah. Really, you really right. 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 Okay. okay. So you watching can vote as well. <laughs> anyway, today we'll be talking about comparing the parenting styles in Africa, comparing how both sexes are raised and are both sexes being raised differently? That's the question. The second question is, are there repercussions to raising both sexes differently? Mm. Right. So I think I can open up with actually discussing if both sexes are raised differently. And if anybody's going to, you know, disagree, or this is what I have to say, yes, both sexes are raised differently in Africa. Mm. If you're a boy, you're going to be raised differently. If you're a girl, you're going to be raised differently. And this is a common, let me say, it's not 100% of the time because I can't speak for every family, but a large percentage of the time, both sexes are raised differently. And there are also stereotypical parenting styles yeah. for each sex. Now, let me just say a little bit about some of the stereotypes. Now, when you're talking about how parenting is done in so many parts of the world, it's actually similar when you look at it. There's just little differences here and there. For instance, there's a common, there's this, um, should I use it as a measure for how um, parenting is done? One of them is emotional warmth versus hostility. Mm-hmm. How do you show emotions to your children? Are you, you know, hostile or are you warm with them? When it comes to both sexes, we see girls feeling that warmth more. They're more encouraged to be all soft, submissive, yeah. expressive for the boys like you want to hold them like the iron hand and be a little bit hostile when it comes to emotions 
And then when you look at um, something else, which is autonomy, which is the amount of control you give a child over yeah, the amount of decision control you give, and everything. Yeah, over their decisions and everything. You see that most times the boys get more control regardless of their age than the girls. Mm. You see boys are, you know, encouraged to move out early. In fact, they want to put the timeline on your head. Like, okay, what are you still doing here by this time? Encouraged to move out early, encouraged to stay out later. Oh, let me just speak from personal experience. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, it was something common. My brother could go anywhere and come back anytime. Yeah, I feel well, once it's like um, seven or, I don't know, maybe like eight-ish, I'm already getting zzzz on my phone. I'm like, are you serious? And sometimes it doesn't really matter like how old you are. It just happens. And I'm going to stop doing all the talking because, you know, that's why you guys are here as well. So let's talk a little bit about gender roles. How do you feel like gender role, you know, comes into how both sexes are raised? Do you think it has something to do with this? So the truth about it is very much so. I think you were even suggesting that while you're speaking, how... Uh, it is possible that you know you are raised differently and unfortunately so and then we do also see the fact that uh gender roles are assigned to to children yeah. um so very much so from obviously this basic example you know you know how it is if it's if it's a lady when she's young they're like ah, be coming to the kitchen be come 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 and then if you're a boy you're like mm, don't worry don't worry go go it's you, you you're, you're for other things if mm. it may be okay go and do the heavy lifting uh leave water right so you'll go and carry it wash the car exactly those kind of things and you know those are things that that happen initially and i think the the the, the major thing is it does have some effect you know on let's say even the skills you have you yeah. know later yeah. so the, the definitely definitely gender roles exist like it would be very silly <laughs> very silly to think that this is not a thing or it's not even a theme of our society or, or of, of what we are very much present in um for me personally it's one of the i i would say my own upbringing was kind of like all-inclusive i would say because mm. like um describe that a little bit okay so for example the whole thing about specific like things for girls and 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 and, and boys we didn't necessarily have it that way because we're all boys. And my mom was oh, like, yeah, okay. my mom was like, so, on her life, you lot are going <laughs> to learn some, some things. All of you, you're going to learn. So from, from early, you already know how to, you know, kind of go, you know, and housekeeping, just the basics, basics. Like, this is just yeah. my personal experience. Like things like housekeeping, my mom was super serious about it. If my room was in a mess, Jesus Christ, my mom would lose it. She would absolutely lose it. And, you know, all these sort of things, yeah. even in the kitchen as well. Yeah. But, like, we all, like, if we wanted to especially be part of it, my mom actually, okay, you can learn this. Go and learn this. Come into it and learn this. So it was those kind of things. And even, I think, another thing you highlighted, highlighted as well, which was kind of like with emotions, you know, and yeah. how, you know, um, boys are supposed to be tough. Mm -hmm. And how, you know, it's easy for you to, to kind of like be softer, you know, if you're a girl and everything. I think one thing that I would very much thank uh, my parents for is allowing us to express ourselves and our emotions. And in the long run, that did create a good level of emotional intelligence. Yeah, that word, emotional mm. intelligence, will actually yeah, come to does. that. Cause. Yeah, yeah, it does. So I think that, that, that just to kind of like just 
put everything in perspective, yes, gender roles very much a thing. Um, we'll be very naive to not see it. Two, it does have long-term effects because people tend to develop certain skills. Exactly. For example, you see a lot of, this is just keeping it very face value before we even get deeper. Yeah. See, some guys, they get older to whatever age and they can't do anything in the kitchen. They can't boil rice. Basic human skills. Exactly. <laughs> it's, 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 it's crazy. It's crazy. And you're like, why can't you? This is a basic skill. This is, and I know it sounds silly, but why can't they do that? Why can't you know how to do certain things, not just make Indomie, senior <laughs> <laughs> but no. Or any kind of noodles at all. Because yeah. I say, oh no, but I can cook spaghetti. No, it spaghetti. doesn't. Mm. Spaghetti. You know? <laughs> but no, but no, fair, but that's true. Like, it, 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 these things um, do exist. And even with, with gender roles, I think that's another really, really interesting thing that it does in particular kind of like affect even your psyche and, yeah. you know, what, um, like you said, emotional intelligence, it yeah. does heavily affect how emotionally intelligent you are, just to round up. You can see that because girls are kind of like made to be more emotionally emotional, expressive. They get to be more emotionally aware a lot faster. And generally, because of society, girls have to even grow up a lot faster. And that is really unfortunate because a, a lot of responsibility, especially in how you carry yourself, how you look, boys, less so. Mm. So yeah, I think these things very much exist. They do it even to your level of development as a human being, these things for you. Yeah, true. So let's talk a little bit about the parents themselves because it is a topic on parenting. Yeah. Why African parents, you know, parents the way they do. And I'll take you back to my initial statement that globally, it isn't exactly totally different because we all have similarities. And then there's this um there's this writer, he writes on, you know, um, family and all that. He says that when it comes to, um, his name is Sandrock. Mm. Yeah, I wanted to say that because <laughs> anybody wants to look for it. According to Sandrock, all parents actually learn parenting from their parents. Mm. And it's passed down. Now, when it's being passed down, some people discard some, you know, good ones and some people discard some bad ones. So some people might choose to keep both good and bad, mm. while some might choose to keep the good and discard the bad. bad. So basically, it depends on you as a person and what you choose to do. But the thing is, usually a parent learns from when they grew up, from where they grew up, from their environment. And this is honestly how African parents learn to parent. This is how everybody learns to parent because the only kind of... Um, time you get to experience parenting is from your own direct parents and a few other times from the community and things you hear but when you look at why you know african parents raise them the way they do i don't like to there's this thing that happens sometimes where people try to demonize their entire style which you know which is you know off because if if you see it in a way, you know, parents want the best for you. Mm -hmm. And when you think back to a time, let me use my parents, for instance, let, let me say when they were born, maybe the baby boomers or I don't Sorry, I can't no, really cool. get all the, yeah. uh, just trying to all the generations. Generation, yeah. yeah. So let me just use baby boomers. Then a certain profession where the money makers, yeah. if your parent is pushing you to be a doctor, to be a lawyer, to be go to go into this profession, is because of this what was making money in my time. So I would like you to do that as well. Mm -hmm. So when you see a society where people that have respect are people that um, have money, mm 
that's for men. Mm-hmm. And people that oh, are married, that's for, for women. women. Exactly. You'd want to groom your child to, to excel in that kind of society. Yeah. And by that, you're teaching your boy how to make money, how to you know, grow his career while you're teaching your girl to get ready for marriage exactly be a good (laughs) wife be the perfect wife be the perfect sister so in a way it's not like they're trying to do a bad thing they're actually grooming you to excel in the society and you know how it sees people generally so i just talked a little bit about that but i'd like you you know to tell us because when it comes to the parenting style let's see is it religious is it based on you know our culture or is it you know just her um, personal decision when it comes to parenting what do you hmm. think affects you know in all sincerity i'll tell you that it's a mixture of personality mm-hmm. and culture i i wouldn't really say religion has much to do with it because religion teaches us to treat people equally even though it's not specific but your boy child and your girl child are supposed to be treated equally so i'll just Allow religion to sit on one side and focus more on personality and culture. Culture, most importantly. I mean, especially from um, the Igbo perspective. You yeah. see, the, the the woman is being trained, tie your wrapper this way. You go to the farm, help your husband, stay at home, take care of your child. Not just the Igbo society. I'm just using them as an example. Yeah. I mean, and given a clear example of how ladies how girl child and boy child were raised differently in the 90s to be specific Emicheta in her story second class citizen she described the girl child as a second class citizen mm. yeah because then most men didn't even want the girl child like when she was born her father didn't want her the man said he wanted a girl a boy sorry he said it clearly that I don't want her. I want a boy. So that's why the fact that she was the first child, that priority wasn't given to her. Yeah. That's care, that concern, that affection. She lacked everything aside from, you know, this mother to daughter relationship and all yeah. that. But from every other person in the society, she was non-existent. So she said it that then, if you like, go to school. If you like, don't go to school. And even when you try to raise the money, maybe from hawking, helping your mom in the market, and you still want to go to school, your father or anybody in the society may end up collecting that money from you just to train the boy child to school. And then at the age of 16, you'll be married off. Whether you love the man or not, who cares? You're a lady. You're, you should be ripe enough for marriage. Well, that's your end game. Exactly. Actually. And her bride price is not even hers. It's for the family. It may even be used to send the boy child to school, which is not right. And talking about second class citizen, even after getting married, you're now your husband's property. And (laughs) your husband's brother's property when he eventually dies. Like everything in the society is first class before you. Even as a princess, you cannot be the heir to your father's throne. You have to get married to somebody who the society believes is capable of taking care of the community, whether you love him or not. So our culture has a large role to play when it comes to why our parents raising their children differently. Then, just like you said, when it comes to personality, you've learned from the society. 
yes. you've learned from the parents. So you will still have some of those things. But then it now comes down to you as a person whether to save them or to use them like that. But sincerely speaking, religion has little or nothing to do with this from you my own perspective. Oh, no, it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And I agree with everything you said. And just going down to personality, I'm just going to highlight like what somebody said to me one time and totally changed my view on how I saw um, parenting uh, in a way. They've never done this before. They're, it's a very learn-on-the-go experience. Yeah. I, I, I even want to believe that I don't know what it's like to bring another human being and be responsible for them and yet. then cater yet yes yet yes <laughs> but like cater for their personality and you know cater to everything because dealing with human beings like we all know is very is very different and yeah. there's a lot of man management and that is so true they, they, they've never done this before so everything they're doing is basically on like you said experiences perspective 110 percent agree that she did not put one foot wrong it was informative as well and i was just thinking and it just kind of shows you just how deep like even assigning um roles. things with gender roles how you know they have been assigned and like i said how this just alters your development like whatever it may be and obviously there are going to be exceptions to every rule so some people are going to want, listen and kind of like yeah but you know people broke out of this and yeah that's great but like we're trying to make this the norm like we're trying to make um things like gender roles defining where you go you know the opportunities you're open to yeah non-existent funny enough when you look at africa's pre-colonial history and i tried reading on that um there's this particular article this project i saw it's on um, women in pre-colonial africa mm. It wasn't exactly as it was right now, you know, how um, men were given this and women were given that. Then they operated in this bicameral kind of style of, um, you know, bicameral legislature where, you know, the men had their meetings and the women had their meetings and both of them put their heads together to make um, decisions. Because when you think of it, then most of the only professions that were there were Say like like in Nigeria, agriculture. Yeah. And what happens is everybody goes to the farm. Yes. Everybody, the man, the woman, the children. So there's no distinction. So both of them are working together. I'm still using agriculture as an example, you know, on the farm. And mm -hmm. then when they're done, they go back home. So I think with the emergence with um, colonial times where collar jobs, all the white collar jobs were, you know, introduced. And then both people can leave the home at the same time and leave the kids. You know, then, of course, if you're going to farm, you can take everybody, yeah. lock up your house and go out, go work. But now someone needs to stay. Not everybody can be hired in your white collar job, of course. So then then came the thing where, OK, the men are the ones that have to go out and then the women have to stay. And somehow the whole structure just changed, changed. And then, you know, we saw that. So let's talk a bit about the society as well. Societies encouragement or discouragement of this parenting style how would you say society has encouraged uh, just kind of start we kind of need to go to certain pillars of society things like religion mm -hmm. you know things like education these are certain pillars of society and um 
society as we have it now obviously still very much supports you know um the assigning of like gender roles and let's start with education we all know this when we were growing up especially if you've done secondary school in nigeria where, you know um certain professions they thought that yeah this was a very manly Masculine. profession mm, yeah. you know um if you were you know a, a lady and they said ah oh, you you like to talk back you like to argue they're like oh, i can't study law it sounds like you like to argue i know it's, it's it, we laugh about it but honestly when you are a law student you find out like actually a lot of your class is mostly female mm. yeah so it kind of like dictates that for example that's law but when you get to engineering it's a total switch up you could see like barely any women like in yeah. in some engineering faculty so it's yeah. not like there aren't any but it's just you know so this is how like society has kind of like ingrained like all these things things that have to do with kind of like you know let's say what do you want to say if you're argumentative or something like that you'll be like yeah go and study law you know this is what women a woman would do ready to tear so yeah because we like to talk yeah they we like, like to oh, argue you like to do that so go do that oh your guy oh. from you know what i've read and seen as mm -hmm. well one of the misconceptions about the profession law, be the law mm -hmm. profession, is not everybody has to go to court and start going. Da, 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 exactly. Da, da, not everybody. Exactly. Not everybody has to go to court. Nothing and gets it's nothing to court. even about arguing as well. It's just about understanding, understanding the, facts, the facts, submitting the facts, <laughs> understanding evidence, making people see evidence, and then you know drawing a conclusion and convincing somebody to see that conclusion. And unfortunately, not everybody <laughs> understands this. It's, yeah. it's 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 very different. And and we see that also religion kind of like, you know, it's a big part of, you know, our society, at least to a certain extent. Um, and then in religion, you, you hear a lot of, you know, messages. Okay, the woman is, I don't even know where this came in. The woman is the neck of the family. Like, okay, Do you know cool. that's what I was asking actually? Yeah. Because she said that, you know, religion has little or no, no, no role to play in yeah. some of the parenting styles. Uh, yeah, so. so well, she said little. She didn't say it's non existent. But she said little. It was little. And that, no, it's true because, like, obviously, you know, like, oh, woman is the neck of the family. And, mm -hmm. and, then, and then you, you are the head of the family. So, you know, you, you, you have to build yourself in this manner. And it, that's, that's what we've, we've done. Those are certain pillars of, of society. And, and then, that influences how, whether you like it or not, quite a few people raise their kids. So society does very much support this assigning of gender roles. Like, and yes, we can say that a level of exposure has come in, mm. which is yeah. brilliant, right? Like you see a lot, the, one of the greatest things I'll say now is how I love how women are in tech dominating tech this you would never have thought about maybe a generation ago women in that field and yes we're getting exposure but this needs to cut across everything sure. not just in one space and, and 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 that's just what it is but yes very much so society and its pillars it does support like you know assigning gender roles yes yeah. because of exposure and because people are becoming a lot more educated and we're beginning to understand things a lot better. We're, we're seeing more things than our parents did. Yeah. There's a lot more yeah. information to go on. You know, we're taking also our, you know, mental, you know, 
like makeup a lot. You know, it's, it's becoming a bigger factor. And so then you can then raise people a lot better because you're man-managing and catering to them. So yes, exposure is such, let's not overplay where this exposure has, has, has come in. Yeah, and you're talking about um, exposure. Now there's this shift, or is there a shift? Let's, let's just talk about that. Yes. Because is there a shift and what is the effect or influence it has had on this present generation? Shall I say Gen Z or millennials? Gen Z, right? Okay, fine. What has let's it? go with Gen Z. Yeah, let's go with Gen Z. Okay, so let me start from your first question. Is there a shift? Yes, there is an obvious shift on how parents used to train children differently when it comes to gender. I mean, now you can see the male, just like uh, Frederick said, the way he now knows how to cook, take care of his home, be emotionally expressive. And still from Frederick, he talked about having ladies in tech. So that's an obvious shift in how parenting style has changed over the years, not just because of exposure in terms of education. And now we have the world is a global village. So we have access to what people are doing outside the country. And we're beginning to understand that, okay, we shouldn't tell this man that he's not supposed to cry or he's not supposed to be emotionally expressive because it's damaging to his mental health or psychology as a whole. Or no, I shouldn't just train my child to know how to cook and not be independent and supportive. Taking myself, for example, the way my parents raised us, we are six in numbers, two girls, four okay. boys. So you see my dad asking my, myself and my younger sister, go and wash my car. To be fair, to be very sincere, it was very, very annoying when he started this thing. I mean, we're living in the north for crying out loud. And then you see your neighbors coming out and laughing at you that they are washing their father's car. So it's, really? it's embarrassing. It's annoying. But time went on. We started enjoying it. And as a matter of fact, I miss that part of my childhood right really? now. Yes. And then. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and then you you have my mom telling my siblings oh go and heat water oh wash the rice is this how to wash rice is this how to do this okay go get me groceries and all those things so like my dad then instead of taking the boys most often to his mechanic he takes myself or my sister mm. and it's uh, to to some point my my brother was like i mean you're supposed to take us and he was like, why? If anybody should learn, they should learn first mm. because they may leave the house before you. So he tells us, okay, this, this is what we call this part of the car. This is what we call this part of the car. And whenever anything happens, you know, he's not this type of man that will be like, stop crying. He won't pet you. Whether you're a boy or a girl, he allows you to cry. And when you're done, he'll call you, okay, I understand you had to cry and all those things and all those things. It's okay. It's normal. It's fine. Everything is going to be okay. Until this point, everybody in the house, irrespective of your gender, we are emotionally expressive. So imagine myself knowing how to do little mechanical and electrical repairs in the house and my brother being able to take care of our siblings when there is no girl in the picture at home. So this is an obvious shift. And I'm pretty sure because Frederick just said it, that somehow they were raised that way. So this is an obvious shift in how our parenting style is, I would use the word developing because what, what they were doing before wasn't fair at all. So it's a well, sign it of underdevelopment. Let me, let, me, let me sit in for, I wish we had an older generation. Oh, wow. You want to sit in for 
let's talk about the so we are back one of the things like you were saying is um equal opportunity i'm not even talking about equality because that's a different discussion entirely you know whenever whenever it comes up you know flares start going around like hey feminists okay they're here they're but that's a different discussion. That's not what we're having. What we're discussing now is giving each each child, each sex, a an equal opportunity. Let them have equal opportunities to learning everything. Don't don't let anybody be shortchanged. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, when it comes to the men, they need the survival skills of feeding themselves, of cooking, of knowing how to do stuff without necessarily, you know, looking to rely on somebody. somebody. To do some of course like everybody feels like yes sometimes when another person cooks it is good and yeah nobody likes the stress of going to the kitchen except people who love to cook because they think people mm-hmm. actually love to cook but each person deserves you know equal opportunity to learn these life skills and then for the girls as well they also need to you know be open to opportunities of building their careers and doing other things. There's this joke I saw on Twitter one time that um, it happens. Like people throw this around as jokes, but it is they're like, oh, you can change, you can service Jen, or you can turn any girl that can turn on Jen. I'm scared of you or something yeah. like that. But it's a regular thing. Like if you don't have light, imagine you staying on your own and you don't not imagine it happens. Staying on your own, you need to turn on your Jen. What do you do? You go and call. You start uh, calling your neighbor. Okay, what if it's a really <laughs> late time and you don't have any male neighbors around? Exactly. What would you do? So everybody needs um opportunities like this. More one more thing, you know, that's a that's a big issue is communication. Mm. I don't know how many people are able to sit. You know, if you are, you know, that's good. <laughs> you are able to sit with your parents and have a discussion with them, and it doesn't end in a fight. An advice, or maybe it's a joke, and it doesn't end in like, oh, life advice or something like yeah, that. Like, oh, so uh, you're dear now. You think you can tell me what to do? Query. Now. Yes. And then, you know, we have this big respect culture in Nigeria. Like, don't talk back to me. Like, every form of conversation, some form of conversation might be seen as you talking back, but there needs to be room for some kind of encouragement mm. to speak sometimes and speak respectfully because. There's a difference mm. between speaking disrespectfully and speaking respectfully. So a person can speak respectfully to their parents and have a conversation with them. Not a lot of people can sit down with their dad and just go, um, how, how will I even put it? I can't even, I can't even picture the scenario sometimes. And that's how weird it is. I don't know. Was it different for you? Uh, you can actually sit and have yeah. like conversations over a beer or something. Hi, dad. Um, my guy um yeah m- my relationship with my parents is yeah. um yeah we, we, we can be very playful mm. um when if you ever had a phone conversation with me and my mom we're like baby how are you <laughs> they, oh my love don't do that don't do that don't do that don't do that. you're breaking my and that's like me and my mom and that's you know the relationship we have i'm, I'm, I'm super grateful for that like with yeah. my father as well i can very much talk to my dad almost about mm. anything not everything. I love you still, Dad, but not everything. Mm. Uh, but he did create, and I think this was something you were learning to it. You need to create an environment where you can effectively communicate and not just you talk to your kids, but you need to let them talk to you. To you. And I think the, 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 the one thing I would say is with parenting, 
Let your children know how human you are. Let them see you for the human being that you are. Yeah, not that's for difficult. The, not for the title that you hold. Yeah. It's a different thing. You are not going to stop being the father. You're not going to stop being the mom. But they want to know you on a human level because if they feel like there's no humanity, they can draw from you. Yeah. They're not going to come to you with their humanity. And I think that for me would be one of the scariest things if my children couldn't come to me to talk to, talk to in, you in their vulnerability. Yeah. If they can't do that, that says a lot on the environment I have created. And I'm also, I'm not saying that this is particularly easy because it's a different dynamic sometimes with parents because you know they're your parents. Sometimes you don't want to take issues to them and that's, that is completely fine. But if the environment is there for you, to talk to them, it makes things a lot easier. So like, and I'd only, I can't use other people as examples because that wouldn't be fair. Yeah. I'd only use me, for example. Yeah, I've been able to pick up the phone, be on the phone with my mom. I've been times where I've, uh, I've cried and I've, you know, I've told my mom like, the darkest thing I was going through at the moment. And I'm super grateful that I can do that. And that's because my mom has allowed me also to see her vulnerability and growing up, I could relate with that. And then you then understand that there's this environment for you to come mm. as you are. It's so very important. So I, I think moving forward for most people, and I, I noticed this just in general, you need to create that environment for your kids to be able to come to you with their vulnerability. And it's also super interesting because we did mention emotional intelligence yeah. and then Yes, not everybody is emotionally intelligent. That's why environments that are not conducive for these yeah. things exist. But if if you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, what am I going to do? I think that's one of the most important things. Your to children go. need to be able to believe in who you are as a human being. I think last example. So my dad and I used to go out loggerheads on certain issues, certain topics. And then I just used to fume because I just, he doesn't get it, does it? <laughs> He cannot get it. It doesn't. It's because he's older. And then one day, me and my dad we were just sitting down and we we're having a little conversation. And we're like, look, you know what? Some of the things that I am today, some of the things I try, especially with you, is because of my experiences. This is what happened. This is how I grew up. And it was brilliant because that day he was like, look, I'm not perfect. I I don't always see. Maybe the way you see it, like life, the way you've grown up is different from the way I did. And, you know, that sort of conversation mm. kind of changed the relationship I had with my dad. It became much deeper. We, 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 we could discuss so many other things, you know, after that point, because he then showed me his vulnerability so yeah talking about vulnerability i just remember this night because it's something i do it's a new hobby um i was on a space on twitter mm -hmm. and they were talking about you know vulnerability with men and then a couple of people were mentioning crying crying now when it comes to vulnerability we're not just talking about crying mm -hmm. in fact that's just one it's of just the one forms. Out of Mm -hmm. of expressing you know or being vulnerable we're talking about being able to express your emotions being open because i i see this thing with some guys 
where when they're going through something, they would rather retract yeah. and just maybe not let you know or not tell you what's going through their mind. I feel like it's something that happens a couple of times. Maybe if you're in a relationship, you're just you're not going to tell, I don't know, depending on who you're with. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's if it's a husband, you prefer to like, you know, hold it in or like talk about it with your guys and all that. So I feel vulnerability is not just about you yeah, know what I want. No. It's about being able to express your emotions intelligently. That's another thing. Giving both because when you allow just a girl to express herself, you know, and you teach her emotional intelligence or you know, she knows how to express her emotions and all that, mm. you're shortchanging, you know, the male child as well. Because exactly. he can express all all he knows how to do is, you know, hold and hide or retract and define. I'm a strong man. Exactly. Nothing there. Not no shaking. Like <laughs> I'm a hard guy. That's it. That's you don't they're not learning the emotional intelligence they're supposed yeah. to learn because they don't even express it for one. So how can they manage it? So talking about the influence as well, I think that was something I asked you. And yeah. you know, I caught you off. Sorry about that. But like let's go on to the influence that this parenting style is having on this generation. Hmm. Well, it has a lot of influence, a lot, a lot of influence. I mean, in as much as it's pretty obvious that we are trying to have the shift and have a good parental style, a good parent-child relationship with our children, try to create a balance in how we train the girl child and the boy child. We the damages this parenting system has done to the society is still very visible. I mean, we have a lot of bitter persons out there who maybe because of one thing they were refused to do as a girl child or as a boy child, there was nobody there to like feel their pain and make them feel better when they are sad or when they are going through some stages in life. This has made a lot of people bitter. And then they put on some form of defensive mechanism and you know they become angry unnecessarily mm. like a the woman can come and, and and tell the man why did you no 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 you don't have any right to tell me that i am the man of this house i should do this i'm in charge and another child is growing up seeing his or her father treating the mother that way yeah, and then we we have other ladies who are also raised not to only know to only know how to cook, how to be the mother, how to do this, how to break down at every little thing, just because they were taught to be emotionally expressive. Mm. So this uh, these ladies just wake up in the morning, take care of the children, take them to school, do this, do that, no work, no independence, no sum of support for their husbands. Or do we talk about the people that the ladies that wake up every morning and be like, God, I wish I were a boy. We say it sometimes. Some people say it and their friends feel like they're just saying it. There are a lot of emotions behind that statement. A lot of emotions. And some of these men that we raised to believe that men don't cry. Imagine, you know, my dad used to say crying is a form of healing. Not just a crying now. Talking is also a form of healing. Expressing yourself in general is a form of healing. So imagine what a man who doesn't know how to emotionally express himself is going through. 
so much to give a man depression so much to kill a man from the inside and that's worse from the physical death that we know mm, yeah. so we have a lot of this happening in the society even though we are trying to correct all this motion okay the girl child should go to school the girl child has a right to learn engineering and all that we still have some of these things visible in the society yeah so let's talk a bit about something that you used to should I say you so? Okay, that's why I want to ask you. There's this common saying, this common phrase, and it has been attributed to Africa. Mm. It takes a village to raise a child. Now, this is as old as, I don't have the exact date, but like I said, it's an African proverb. Yeah. Now, do you think in our modern day, just like we're talking about the influence now, in this modern time, do you feel like that statement still applies today? Hmm. it's a no for me a no. why oh, why not i mean your neighbor can't spank your child out. why did you do this your neighbor can't even be like live there or ah i saw your child doing this and before you know somebody is out there putting it on instagram imagine my neighbor telling me that my child did, did this or did that i mean our schools now you can't <laughs> there, there is a limit to how a teacher can talk to a student. Um, it should start from there. I mean, after the home, the school is the next learning center. So if you're telling your school, the school your child is attending not to flog your child or not to scold your child, what do you expect? We don't have those things anymore. Now it's just Frederick to his son, Nifisa to his daughter, to her daughter, Tina, like that. It's not existing anymore. We don't allow people to, we don't, I, I don't know how to put it, but we don't have a society that is opened the way it used to be when it comes to raising your children. Thank you. You know, I'm thanking you. Remember the time when I was trying to, you know, support the older generation? Oh, okay. Yeah, so you just did that for me. Thank you. Uh, did I? No, no. <laughs> No, I, I did not, please. I'm, I'm, Do you I, believe the phrase still applies today? It takes mm, a village to raise a child. No, it doesn't apply today. And quite frankly, they weren't doing a great job before. Uh, I know, because I should have wished it. <laughs> no, all I'm saying is this. But just, uh, it doesn't exist. I think we, we've become more individualistic. Mm. Yeah. Which is just naturally because of the way society has gone. I don't think that's kind of like a problem. Um, I think it's just everybody just has your life to live. If you get caught up in just trying to live life, pay bills, it can get very individualistic. Okay. And this is really why, like, that kind of like translates to people just doing their own like thing with raising children. Personally, for me, if you hit my kid, I would lose it. Don't, I said it. I said try. it. I mean, Frederick, what happened to be your brother's keeper? That is brilliant. Tell me about it. Don't hear me. No, it's fantastic. I like the fact What that, if you're not around? That, no, that's good. I will deal with it. You do not touch my kid because I wouldn't touch yours. It, it's a very simple concept. It's a thing of... Even if I'm your, your, your kid's um, teacher? If you're my kid's teacher, your duty... Okay. Is limited. Mm -hmm. okay. I am the parent of that child. You may not like 
how I parent, that's good. Keep it to yourself. We would sort it out. Now, all I'm saying is this. It's about understanding boundaries. I feel like the concept of the village raising the kid does not respect boundaries. I don't mind the fact that you see my kid doing something wrong mm. and then you're going, yo, Frederick, man, I saw your kid and I'm concerned. Like, and then, you know what? A message well delivered is a message well received. Okay. Don't get it twisted. If you say it to me and I can see, feel the sincerity from you, I would take that. I'll be like, yo, you may have a point. And she may have a point. Like, mm. hey, this kid is moving, is moving mad. <laughs> you know, it's moving a bit booky. Like, I, okay, so why are you so badly behaved? What is going on? What, why, why do you a menace? And then we have to have that conversation. And then we then have to go from there. But don't see my kid doing something, just smacking. Like, don't, don't do that. Why? Like, who asked you? Like, okay. I don't, I don't but, but, but I, I understand yeah. where you're coming from, Patrick. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to come for that. <laughs> I understand where you're coming from, yeah? But don't you think mm. that there are certain things that need some... How do I put it now? Like, as it's happening, you're cautioning the child. That's... Okay, now you, you're saying that there is a limit, yeah? Mm. I know there is a limit. And even doing uh, the whole proverb thing, it takes a village to raise a child. There were limits. Mm. There were boundaries. You don't just go all up and hitting a child and everything. There are limits mm. to those things. It's just that the way it is now, we, we don't have this um, openness to our neighbors or to the society at large to even want to be like, oh, this child is doing this thing. Have you talked to him? Have you noticed it? Mm. It no longer happens. Like everybody wants to be yeah. like, ah, it's not my business. Ah, no, ah, it's not my child. It's my child. I know what to that, do. That is true. I agree with the fact that, you know what, looking out is, is something important. And you're right. We are in a, in a more sensitive time, you know, and little things seems, they seem to offset, you know, people and everything. But I always say, and I'll keep, it 100 intentions and having good honest intentions would always permeate everything mm -hmm. like again if you have good honest intentions with me and my kid you are going to bring it up to me you are going to tell me like and sometimes it's also the thing where it's not just telling me you've actually spoken to my kid first yeah gone, look i'm telling you this now i'm telling you as the parent clearly doubt on all fronts clear my doubts clear his doubts or clear her doubts, clear all, but don't go beyond the boundary. Mm. Like you're a teacher, your primary job is to educate. Mm -hmm. My job is to parent. Mm -hmm. Now, if my kid is stepping out of line, within that ability to educate or that duty to educate, you can exercise some powers. That is good. I, so, I'm kind of interested. I'm sorry, I'm interested when you say exercise your power. How? Okay, so are you totally against corporal punishment? Because I know she can go at you like it's, no. Forever. I, I want okay, to know answer how. That. Answer how? Yeah. Okay, for example, don't forget education is not your school. Mm -hmm. Education is also who you are as a human. Exactly. Being. So if they have some, you know, certain traits, and then you see it, it's well in your right to be like, okay, you can't be rude. Mm -hmm. 
you're going to serve punishment. Okay. And then that is fair enough. I was going to ask that question. Yeah. Are you saying a total no to corporal punishment or you're like, mm, maybe small, but... Balance. Uh, I mean, I, I'm saying that you... there can be... Okay. There's okay. a room, there's room for it, but know your boundaries. Yeah, there's a that, boundary that, for that, all of this. That's, that's all I'm saying. I think, for me personally, I've seen too many situations where people overstep boundaries. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's just the thing with society. Mm. People overstep boundaries. Like, we all, like I said, we all, I think, come, come from a place where, you know, the boundaries are set, you know, this is the limit to what you're doing and everything. But unfortunately, that's not how it is. We see a lot of people take things out of their own hands, like take things, matters into their own hands yeah. and then go beyond, you know, where they should. And I think that's just where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. Don't overstep the boundary. Like if it's within boundaries, of course, I would understand. May not mean I would always <laughs> like it, <laughs> but I can understand. Yeah, that's so that's Frederick talking to his child's future teacher. Yeah. No fear, I beg. I will clear your doubts. Ah. <laughs> no reason I will clear your doubts. So I, like of course, when we're talking about um, corporal punishment, and I believe I speak for you as well, we're mm. not talking about brutality. No, we're not. Don't go beating really small children, babies. No. What are you thinking? They don't even have... They don't know, even know what they are doing. So that's that not what we're time. talking about. If you're... Thinking about beating some baby or some really, you know, little child. Yeah. That's out of it. Brutality, out of it. Don't draw blood. Don't give them any... Uh, they're and, not prisoners. And, yes, they're just kids. This thing of punishing students just because you hate them. That's not what we're talking yeah, that about. That, that's different. That's should, just malicious. Whatever you're doing should be justified. Yeah. So now, talking <laughs> about parenting style, because this one has revealed his. You've revealed yours. Yeah. And, did I reveal mine? Yeah. No. Um, a I disagree with you as well. Mm. So, um, when it comes to parenting styles, now there are four main globally. Mm. There's the authoritarian, and I'm just going to use statements to, you know, explain. Yeah. So, authoritarian is do this because I say so. I don't care if you understand why or not. Mm. Authoritative is do this, but this is why you should do this. Mm -hmm. Permissive is I'm your friend, so you know, can you do this? That's the parenting style. While um um on uninvolved un is whether I do it though, whether I do it though, whether I don't do it though, I don't care. So these are the four parenting styles. I hope you got that. I hope everybody got that. Ah, so sure. which one would you adopt for your parent for you as your parenting style? I think you kind of know. I'm <laughs> a bit. I'm a bit with the. Can you do this? Um. No. Do this. I think that's authoritative. Right? Yeah. Yes. Do this because, and then also, can you do this? Mm. Because. It's a mixture of the two, because yeah. I have to respect your free will. I may not like it, but I have to respect it. You, as my kid, you cannot be me. You are a version of yourself, and you should stay true to that. But it is my job to guide, like, especially how you see the world. Mm. And it's my job to guide how your personality grows. That is one of the greatest things. Apart from the fact that I need to provide for you and make sure you lack nothing, but it's also my job to make sure that you turn out to be a good human being. So mm -hmm. I, it's not just do this because I say so. I can't okay. do that. Yeah. If I say do it, you must see me do it. Mm. Like okay. I need to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. So you're mixing permissive and yeah. authoritative. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, I, I say Frederick being a very good father. I'm blushing. Now. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Oh, my picking you go enjoy it. Anyway, it's okay. Let's yeah. get there first. You can't see the <laughs> no, don't worry, don't worry. Yeah, for you. <laughs> right. 
Okay. <laughs> okay, so um, there's something about styles of doing anything. Yeah. You can stick to just one sure. or to just two in most cases because it depends on the situation. There are certain situations, just like Pedrick said, where you need to explain this is why you should do this. But some children are very stubborn. After using the authoritative, this is why you should do this. And I know it's good for you and me and the society. Person will come insult me tomorrow because mm. of your, your attitude. No, I don't train you. Exactly. Your mother did not train you where. So, once... I don't kill So, once I've used that system, you know, some children, humanity in general, humans in general, we can be unnecessarily stubborn. They still don't want to, oh my, it's time to use authority. You must do it. You have to do it. Imagine your child telling you she's not going to take her bath. <laughs> you have to do it. After telling you that, okay, you're not going to, you're not going to smell nice. You're going to be dirty. And the child is, no, I don't, oh my, how we drag you inside the bathroom? You have to. You have to. Now, permissive are simple things like, mom, I want to eat this. Yes, you can eat it. I don't need to give you a reason for doing that. Or I don't need to give you a reason for, okay, somebody, you, you met an older person in the house and you did not, ah, did not greet her or you did not greet him. So there are also times you need to be uninvolved, especially when mm. we are getting to the teenage, adolescent stage. There are certain things you just stay back. Allow them to do it. If the paper enter their eye, they will get sense. Sorry. Yeah, there was, and there, there's this adage. There's this adage that if a, if you allow a child to touch something hot, that must be after warning. Don't go there. Don't go there. Mm. If it burns him, he's never gonna go there again. Yeah, of course you know now. Mm. Uh, it's it's the it's a person that um fire has burnt that's always scared of ash or smoke. So. You need, it has to be a mixture for your child to be friendly, for your child not to be scared of you, for your child to understand that daddy is, daddy or mommy is saying this thing. I have to do it. I have to listen. So you can just personally, I don't think sticking to just one will make you achieve your aim of being a good parent. My point of view though. Okay. Thank you. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> My like child is do this because that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so this is the last one. Mm. We've been talking about, we've basically been comparing how, you know, there are stereotypes for raising both sexes. Now, do you think, can, is it possible to raise a girl and a boy the same way? Hmm. No, no. There's, there's a limit mm. to how you can raise a boy and a girl. Let's assume we're all boys here. Uh, mm. you can't raise us the same way because my demands will be different from your demands. So will it be different from Frederick's demands? That's just human nature for you. Mm. So you need to follow them as they come. Frederick? No, 100%, 110%. I think it was, very, it was very naive. I know we said so many things, but we need to also be realistic mm. and knowing mm -hmm. that raising a girl is going to be different like sometimes let's not overcomplicate. Sometimes it's yeah. even due to nature. It's going to be different. I mean, that's it. But it's, it's slightly different because you need to be able to navigate the society you're in. And because society demands different things, you need to also tell them exactly. 
I think one thing you can do is be raise them on the same principles. Mm. Let them see uniformity in your principles, but each child will be man-managed differently. Yeah. So you can't necessarily raise a girl and a boy differently. And she's right. You Even if we're three boys, you can't yeah, raise us, um, the same. Because I look at my parents, the way they've raised us, I was raised, not differently, but there's a different approach to me. There's a different approach to my younger brothers. So yeah, I do get what you're saying now. And I don't get what you're saying at all. Well, what I'm saying too is yes, actually, it's possible. I can I can not I can hit this mug like the same way, but then if I want to evoke like if I want it to be effective, mm. you know, that means I have to make sure I tend to you differently. I parent you differently, and I parent you differently. I don't know if you get it. I can choose to use the same parenting style for everybody, but it wouldn't be as effective. Mm -hmm. So yes, it can be done, but would it be effective? No, no, for exactly. So I want us to, you know, because we can actually talk about this until night, until yeah. the next day. It is a long conversation and it, is, it has been an interesting one. And whoop, whoop, do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. My name is Angiati Justina. I have Frederick Olisia with me here. And our social professor. Yeah, now we be that. You just got <laughs> now we be that. I see. I need a tag. <laughs> Next, almost in one episode, we'll put the tag in. Yeah, so our guidance and counseling here. Oh this God. is Nefty said. No, that like you're you're our, our soft spot. You're soft touch. This is Nefty said Abdurrahman. Thank you so much. This is State <laughs> of the Culture brought to you by Isaacson. Speak Isaacson. Have you checked out our app yet? If you haven't, you should. It is an African language learning app. You want to learn any African language, go on there. It's very interactive. It has a lot. You want to learn your lyrics, how to interact. And many more. I can twist this horn the whole time, but this show needs to come to an end. Thank you so much for being here. Bye. Bye. Bye.